Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh. And before I introduce my guest, I just want to remind everyone that the third book in my Devlin Legacy series, Devil's Daughter, is out and available. It's available on Kindle, Nook, um, Kobo, iTunes. It's available everywhere, and it's only $2.99. So please check that out. Again, it's Devil's Daughter the third book of my Devil and Legacy series. Um, other books in that series, which are also available, are Devil's Mountain and Devil's Shore. So please check them out. So anyway, I'm very pleased today to introduce my guest, Sylvia Ryan. Sylvia is a multi-published romance writer. Her latest book, Being Amber, is a paranormal romance and was released by Lyrical Press on April 1st, the same day The Devil's Daughter came out. Her other titles include Seduced by Three and Saved by One, Shared by Two, both Menage Amour titles by Siren Publishing. So, Sylvia, thank you, thank you so much for joining Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm so happy that you joined our show today. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks, Bernadette. Thanks for having me. Well, maybe we can start talking about um, your writing journey and how long you've been writing. Well, I've been writing about five years now. Um, I'm a relatively new writer. Uh, I got a job about five years ago that gave me summers off. It had a school schedule, and uh, there's only so much puttering around in the garden that you can do uh, before you start getting bored and your mind starts thinking of things that you should be doing instead, and and that's when I actually started uh, putting my thoughts down in the computer. Now, um, have you always enjoyed reading romance novels? Yes. Um, I've, I've been a romance lover since very young, and a voracious reader, too, not just romance, but other things as well. Well, I really think reading is, is the best preparation for writing, and, and if you if you followed any of the guides by Stephen King, he agrees as well. It's so amazing to me that I, I sometimes run into people who say that they're writing, but they themselves don't really like to read books, and I'm like, well, then how do you do it? Because Exactly. Really, I, I, I totally agree with you. As a matter of fact, I've heard Stephen King's quote on the subject, and I totally agree with it, but I do try not to read in areas that I'm that I'm writing because I don't want to subconsciously um, duplicate a scenario as I'm going. So if I'm writing a dystopian um, romance, like which is really um, what my books have been about, I don't read that particular genre as I'm writing the book. Well, I actually go a step further. When I'm in the middle of writing, I, I don't read fiction at all because oh, I find that it really interferes with my own voice. So I'll yeah. read a lot of nonfiction. I'll read a lot of my husband's, like, boring books. <laughs> because <laughs> well, I, I like nonfiction, too, but, you know, fiction, you just uh, it just takes you away to another place, and that's what I really love about books and always have. Yeah, I, I agree. I love to read fiction as well, and I love romance, and I, I love women's fiction especially. But um, and I'm very excited about um, the Suki Stackhouse books, the, the True Blood books. I can't wait yes. till that comes out um, next month. Even though I'm appalled by the pricing, I, I looked it up. I wanted to pre-order, and it's fifteen dollars for a Kindle version. Oh my gosh! And all her other books in the series are seven ninety nine. So clearly, they know that people really just want to read this. Her, her super fans, and I always feel like that is just taking advantage. 
in a lot of ways of the people who love her the most. I so, agree. Uh, and you know what, Bernadette, on books like that, I, I will usually just put my request, my holds request in at my library as early as I possibly can and wait for it to come out uh, through my library because that's a lot of money to spend on on something on what, that is you know, re- readily available for free. Yeah, yeah, and no, I know, I know. this is I have no probably patience, not though, yeah. what the publishers like to hear, but I mean, there are, when it gets to be that kind of pricing, you have to differentiate what's important. Yeah, no, I agree, and I just think I just think it's really it's just wrong. But the publishers don't ask me when they're setting the prices, right? That's right. But, um, <laughs> so now you've been writing a relatively short time, um, but you've had an incredible amount of success. It seems you've had three books published. Mm-hmm. And um, you know what? What do you attribute your success to? Do you work with a um, critique group, or, or do you belong to any writing groups? I don't belong to any writing groups. Um, my success, I think, has come from a, a combination of two things. The the voracious reading I've done in in my lifetime has helped me understand what makes um, a good book. And I think the other thing uh, that has really made a huge difference is persistence. Um, I have been rejected. My first manuscript was rejected by um, probably between 50 and 75 publishing houses and agents I sent to both at at the time. And after about the 50th one, I said to my husband, oh, my goodness, I just can't keep, you know, opening these emails and, uh, being rejected like this, and he would, you know, pick me up and brush me off and say, just do five more, just do five more. And you know what? It it actually paid off. Siren um, picked up my first book, and, and after that I hadn't had any rejections at all. So I'm really blessed. But it was the persistence in the cheerleading that I received, I think, that really made the difference for me. Right. And now that you're actually in the, the publishing world, you probably realize that, Actually, fifty or sixty rejections is is not that many. A lot of people it's not, have a lot. But you know more. what? It hurts like heck every time. <laughs> I know authors are supposed to have a, a thick skin, but I didn't. It was just I took it so personally. So I, I'm proud of myself that I kept going because I don't have a thick skin, and it was hard. Yeah, no, it it is it is hard because you put so much of yourself in your books, you do. and it's, in some ways, it's like they're rejecting you. And that's I, what I, I agree. I totally yeah. agree. And now I have two other books that are um, in the process of being published. One will be in September, and one will be um, in January of 2014. And the, and the one in January will be the second in the series for my Being Amber, which just came out. So I'm very lucky. And I, that will I, I will have at least right? five done, published, um, hopefully more. Well, that's that's amazing, and and maybe you could tell us a little bit about being Amber because I was reading um, just some reviews because you've gotten a, a few reviews now, and it sounds like a fascinating book, and I can't wait to download it. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about it. Well, it's very hard to tell about this story, and what I try to do at this point because there's the plot is so intricate in twisting and turning that um, I try to compare it to other novels that are similar, and the two. Um, books that maybe the listeners will have read because they have become very popular um, is The uh, Delirium by Lauren Oliver. It's a young adult uh, or a new adult book. And um, the other one is The Ugly series by Scott Westerfield. 
they my books have the same feel as that as um you know they're set in the future they're post disaster type of books um and the societies are much different except mine are not young adults so don't buy them for your niece they are definitely adult and explicit um books all of them so but it's very it's very hard to to really get down to the nitty gritty because there are so many things going on in the book um love and acceptance and and um you know fighting against city hall so to speak you know joining together in order to make things better i think is how this book ends and the next book will pick up from there well, what I found really interesting um, about your book, at least about the description of your book, it, it focuses on trying to make, I guess, the people that re- remain um, perfect and not have any defects in their DNA. And if you have a defect, you become what they call an amber, right? And you're kind of cast aside. Um, and then I think your book goes into a lot of you know how people who are ambers um, kind of console themselves, and they console themselves through sex, it sounds like, and through yeah. love. Yeah, and sex and acceptance. You know, mm-hmm. there's, it goes a long way to, to know that you're accepted unconditionally by the people around you because they're all in the same state as, as you are. And I think wouldn't we all like to be accepted unconditionally without, you know, judgment? And I think that's a wonderful um, utopia. Amber, in a way, is a utopian world that's tucked away in a dystopian world. So, it, like I said, it's very—it's a very complicated thing to, to write a blurb about. I thought I was going to pull my hair out writing those blurbs because how do you fit that kind of storyline into a couple of paragraphs? It was very difficult. Well, that is the difficulty in blurbs, and in fact, some of the reviews of some of my books in *The Devil and Legacy* they they kind of complained about the blurbs because one of them said, well, I thought this was going to be, you know, just a, a run-of-the-mill paranormal romance, but it's really much more, and it's a lot darker than I thought. But it's so hard. I mean, you've got two paragraphs, and, you know, unless you're writing a very simple book, you're going to miss something, you know. Right. But um, now and your I book... Think, I, I don't know about you, Bernadette, but for me, I think sometimes I, I spend a lot more uh, nerve-wracking hours trying to write a blurb than I do trying to write the book, you know, (laughs) and I don't know, I didn't even realize when I first uh, got published that the authors wrote the blurbs on the books. I thought the publishers did them, so when I found out I had to write my own blurb, I was was groaning a little bit. (laughs) Well, I'll I'll share a little secret with you, Sylvia. Um, I actually did not write any of my blurbs. I basically told my editor, I was like, look, I'll, I'll throw up a blurb and you're going to throw up on it. So um, you might as well save some time and just write it yourself. So she's actually, Mary Murray has written most of my blurbs. So, okay, um, well, I think I want her as, a, as an editor. <laughs> well, you, that would you, be you know, you have, Obviously what you're doing is you're producing acceptable blurbs, so they, you know, and they're working with it. If you write something ridiculous, then um, as I think my first attempt at um, a blurb for Devil's Mountain was, then Mary will just take over. So um, <laughs> we all have our strengths, and blurb writing is not my strength. Right, um, I think all authors feel that way. I know it's it's almost worse than writing a synopsis. <laughs> That's also not my strength. But um, now your book, now being Amber, is quite steamy, is it not? Is, is it does it fall within the erotica realm? It is definitely within the erotica realm. Yes, 
Um, there are some elements of BDSM in there as well, um, but I'm characterizing it in it as some BDSM. But really, if if there are some people who are in that lifestyle and they read it, they probably would not consider it BDSM. It's kind of on a it's kind of on a on a threshold. Okay. Okay. And I think there's some menages happening as well. There um, is. There is. And so, and now your other titles were also, uh, I'm assuming, by by their titles, saved by one, shared by two. That also de- dealt with menage. Um, Both of and, my first two siren titles were menage. Yes. Right. Now, what drew you to writing in the erotica realm? Because I loved reading it, and and you know what? At the time, I, I'm sure all the readers. Uh, out there have gone through the same uh, situation. I was in a total slump. You know, you read a couple really great books and then you get four or five that you're like, oh my gosh, this is really, I had high hopes for this book and it really didn't come through, you know. And um, I don't know, I think that's why I, I headed in that direction because I thought I could do better than maybe some of the books that I had just read. Right. I was right. in a slump. <laughs> no, I, it's true. I, that, I think that almost encouraged me for my book. I, I'd read one too many, you know, predictable, plotted uh, romances, and I said, well, I, I can write this. I'm a smart person, and I read a lot. So I think that inspires a lot of writers. Mm-hmm. Now, writing in the erotica realm, especially after the su- success of Fifty Shades, um, I, I think is only – do you think it's helping ero- other erotica writers, or you think it's hurting? Oh, absolutely. I think it's helping 100%. 100%. I have to say, I was a little jealous when Fifty Shades shot up to the top of the bestseller list. I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, it, it, she was in the right place at the right time, and, and I, every um, new author was wishing it was them instead of her, I'll tell you. But she's helped out, I think, a lot for all of us. There are a lot more women um, that are reading the genre, I think, than, than used to be. Right, right. It's it's funny because writers tend to either react like, oh, she was awful and, and you know, it's going to turn people off right, um, romance reading because the quality of her writing was so poor, and then yeah. other people take your position, which is, look, it's it's putting a spotlight on this genre, and so people who enjoyed it will probably give, um, give other ones a chance because I don't think erotica was that widely read before Fifty Shades. I mean, certainly... I don't think so either, but you know what, Bernadette? Or if it was read, it wasn't talked about. It wasn't talked about, I think. I'm sorry? I think if it was read, it wasn't talked about. Now people are... Like, maybe people read them on the down low, you know what I mean? And with Kindle, you don't have to tell people what you're reading. But now people are actually talking about it, I think. I I think it's good they're talking about it, but, you know, I think the line between romance and erotica now is very blurred because some very mainstream authors that are with the big publishers and that you can find in the the library, I would consider just as much erotica as some of the stuff that's labeled erotica. I mean, uh, off the top of my head, Maya Banks has had great success, and her books are very, very steamy. And I, you know, like I said, you can get them in the library. So I think that line between romance and erotic is blurring a lot. Um, and I maybe in another decade or so, there won't be much of a line between the two at all. 
Right. And I think even within the different subgenres within romance, it's really blurring. Like like your book, for example, yes, it's erotica, but it also has these or these futuristic world um, sci-fi type uh, components. Mm-hmm. And even my books, you know, there there's a lot of paranormal. I have I, my Devlin Legacy series is about a series of Irish witches, but I actually in the later books was able to write, you know, some of the more steamy stuff. And and as I've talked on the show before, I had a real difficulty um, writing re- believable sex scenes. And in fact, mm-hmm. my first two books, I I didn't want to. I, other than kissing and closing the door, I really didn't talk about it that much. So I'm always amazed by people who, like yourself, you came out the gate writing writing um, steamy romance, and and I d- certainly hats off to you because that was something I it took me three or four books to really work up to. Well, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. And and just FYI, those are definitely the hardest parts of the book. A lot of times I'll completely skip over. A, a romance or a sex scene, and come back to it later when I my head's more in the right place of being able to write that particular topic, because those definitely are the uh, the most difficult parts for me as well. Yeah, I think they are for everyone. It's it's you know I think writing um, believable sex scenes along with humor are both really hard to do. You know what I mean? And and, and they both take in some ways a light touch. You know, you yeah. don't want to get too de- detailed, but you yet you want to you know you want to evoke a certain feeling in your readers. So um, for me, it's not so much uh, how much detail. For me, is um, how am I going to make this hot when the reader has probably read. Um, sex scenes from other books hundreds and hundreds of times. You know, how do you do point A goes into point B and make it sound interesting when that kind of same thing has happened over and over and over in book after book after book uh, that my reader has has picked up. So, you know, it's originality in trying to get the emotions uh, in there for me to try to make it different and stand out. Um it's hard. It's very hard. <laughs> but that, you know, if you think about it, it's hard for everyone, right? I mean, yes. there's so much. There's so many writers out there, and they're all writing. Well, I guess varying degrees, you know. But people are writing a lot of different things. But there's a, in a romance, there's only so many plots, right? So you have right. to make yours unique. And I think adding the sci-fi, futuristic um, elements, paranormal, I think that has really invigorated romance. Because I yeah, agree. And, and this being Amber book is, as a matter of fact, the whole series. You could take the uh, romance out of it, and it would be a solid and interesting book. And mm-hmm. I think that's why I'm getting such um, good reviews right now because it's not all about how quickly can I get the characters in bed. I mean, there's a lot of emotional attachment and um, character development and world building uh, that supports the the romance and and that's uh I think that's what's working for me right now. Mm-hmm. And now being Amber is the first in the series. Do you at this point know how many books you will have in the series? Do you know how the series yes. will end? Yes, I do. Um I'm writing Being Emerald, which is the third book of the series right now, and uh there will be one more after that after Being Emerald. Okay. Well, that's your I again hats off to you in doing a series like that because my books um, in the Devlin Legacy series, 
each book was supposed to be a standalone. The first book was a standalone, and I didn't even think about doing a series. And then I tried to write something else, and those characters still kept talking to me. Mm-hmm. So I wrote another book, and I said, okay, well, it will be a two-book series. And then I wrote a third book, and then I wrote a fourth <laughs> book. But now it actually is over. You know, I'm, I'm, not, mm-hmm. I'm definitely moving on from that. But I didn't know how um, the sto- this series is going to end uh, until I ended it. You know, so I, I think it's, it's amazing that when people are disciplined enough to, to know how it's going to end and to say, okay, this is going to be three books or four books. Mm-hmm. Um, now, were your other, your, um, your titles with Siren Publishing, were those series as well or were they standalone? Well, they are standalone, but they are related. What happens is um, at the beginning of each book, I take um, a, a, a woman and a man, they start in the same place in the beginning of each book. So um, shared by one, or saved by one, shared by two is the woman's story, and then uh, seduced by three is the man's story. So they start in the same place at the beginning of each book, and their paths go in drastically different directions. So they're a little bit related, but not really. Right. And so um, you started off with Siren Publishing. Now, what made you want to submit to another um, digital publisher? Well, Lyrical had a, a, a call out for exactly what I had written, and they were the only person I sent, or they were the only uh, press that I sent the query to because they had a call out for dystopian erotica with BDSM themes, and that's exactly what I had written. So uh, that was my first submission, and it was accepted. Just and so, do you think you will? Um, Stay with these two publishers, or are you, you know, open to going to other publishers? And have well, you, and or have you thought about getting an agent? And now that you have, I have, I have thought about getting an agent. I'm going to see how the rest of this series goes, and um, you know, take it from there. I do work during the day, so I'm not a full-time author. And fitting in the writing in addition to family and job, it, it, you know, it's a full schedule. So if I want to continue to be a writer. After the end of this series, I, I think I might have to make some changes because mm-hmm. there's just a time constraint. And and I'm in the same situation because again I have family situations and I also work full time. And I think what I what has been helpful for me in terms of fitting everything in has been working with digital publishers because I I you know I'm not under contract with Lyrical. It, once I finish a book, I send it to them. Right. It's not like they are waiting for these books. And so, you know, it's on my own terms. No one else is waiting. In, in, in contrast to a traditional publishing contract where I have friends who have, you know, they've gotten the holy grail, right? They've gotten a three-book deal, mm-hmm. and it's amazing, but then they have deadlines. And right. I certainly, like, and, they're you know, I'll see on their, their Twitter, or they're like, oh, I've got, you know, three more chapters, and it's due by whenever – and I can never do that, A, because I only can write when I want to write, and I don't know when that's going to strike me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not a write-every-day kind of person. And also, like, I have deadlines in my other life. You know, I, this is in some ways, you know, supposed to be my refuge from the rest of my li- my very busy life. And so I don't, you know, I'm kind of, like, torn. I don't, I want success as a writer, 
but I don't want to turn it too much into a job because I, I feel like that will take some of the joy out. So I'm right there with you. That's exactly where I'm at right now is uh, I'm feeling a little pressure. My my first book in this series is getting great reviews. People have already emailed me like, oh, UK, when's the next one coming? I can't wait. So now I'm feeling like, ooh, okay, I need to pay a little bit more closer attention to this. Uh, so I can get it done without people losing interest. Well, that's that's always the the I think the rub with writing a series is that you want to be able to sat. I know as a reader, if I see a book in a series, well, I want the next one. I want the next one, mm-hmm. and you know I get kind of aggravated when I have to wait because then you kind of forget like what the other book was about, and you know. Yes. So I always prefer just reading them all, you know, all at one time. But um, right. I um, agree. Now, I do the same thing. Yes, so that's why, and that's why I'm even hoping um, my the fourth book in my Devil and Legacy series will be out in September, and I'm hoping I will pick up more writers because sometimes, like I, or more readers rather, because sometimes when I'll see a book as a part of a series, I'll be like, ah, oh, am I really up for starting that? You know what I mean? If I, if I'm not going to be able to get to the end. Well, you know, Bernadette, I think the problem um, with some of that is like. For being Amber, and I'm not sure about your books because I haven't read them, but they sound as if it takes one couple to their happily ever after. You're, there's no uh, cliffhanger that you have to wait to read the, another, uh, the, the next book, and that's how my series is. So, yes, you may forget a little bit of the background. I'm hoping not. But the second book of the series picks up with a totally different couple. It is not the same couple as in the first so I think that makes a difference when you're talking about, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey or the the Crossfire series or all that. I mean, they're just continuing the same romance, and that really drives me crazy when there's a, a cliffhanger and I, and I need to find out what happened to these two people, you know? <laughs> so this, at least with being Amber, it, it, there is a happily ever after at the end of, of the book. Right, so. right. Now, what kind of response have you gotten from your friends and family in terms of writing, you know, the steamy romance? Do you, well, does everyone not, know? Not very good. <laughs> I, um, my mom has not read any of my books. Um, she said it would make her feel uncomfortable. And uh, my husband is not a reader, but he has plowed through. I have to pat him on the back. I mean, he's done a pretty good job considering he probably hasn't read any uh, books since his book reports in high school. So. <laughs> Uh, and other than that, I mean, there really isn't um, many other people in my family who've shown interest. So I don't know if that's common for uh, for authors of erotica. You may know uh, because you've done a lot of interviews, but uh, people around me seem a little uncomfortable to want to pick it up, or if they have picked it up, they haven't discussed it with me. Wow, that's that's interesting. You know what? It has been um, kind of it runs the gamut. You know, I, in terms of my experience, people are always very excited to talk to me about my writing. I think because my day job is is rather boring as a lawyer, right? No, no one. There's not really anything all that interesting to talk about there. Um, but you know, so I've actually gotten a really um, positive response. Now, in terms of you know people close to me reading my book, my husband has not read it. But he says that that my books kind of scare him. <laughs> he's like, I don't know if I want to get into that that side of you. And you know what? I kind of I kind of prefer at this point that he hasn't read them because that's kind of my world. Again, it's it's separate from the rest of my life. Um, my mom has read most of my books. She hasn't read the last few in the Devil and Legacy series. Um, my dad read Devil's Mountain, 
And he was not supposed to. I sent it by email to my mother, and he got the email. And, again, he hasn't read – he doesn't read romance novels. And he's not really um, – he doesn't read novel, novels per se. He likes a lot of nonfiction. But he read it, and he's like, oh, I love this. Send me the second book. And the second book is where I started getting kind of, you know, steamy. And I said, no, Dad, you're not allowed to read it. It's just – and he's like, why? I'm an adult. And I said, no, no, <laughs> you're my dad. Yeah, so I we, don't we think gave any him a father quick really wants to know that that kind of stuff is coming out of their daughter's head. I know. He's <laughs> I actually very cool. So he, he does want to read it. Maybe he's secretly reading it. I don't know, on my mom's Kindle. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> But it but it's interesting, um, and and I've kind of been outed with some people from work, um, which I'm not sure how I feel about that because people they kind of look down on romance, and especially I'm in such a different type of, um, you know, in my day job, such a different type of industry. Um, I I don't know I don't know how I feel about it, but uh, yeah, I people at your job know that you're writing. Not to be outed at my job. I work in, in a school setting, and I I don't. I'm not even sure I would be welcome back next year in the school if they if my uh superiors knew what uh what I was churning out on the side there. So it, Sylvia Ryan is a pseudonym. It's not my it's not my real name. So yeah, well, especially in the school setting because I I think there was I can't remember the woman's name, but there was um a teacher who was outed and they wanted to fire her. I don't know if she actually yeah. was fired at one point. but I, I did hear about that, um, and the person who told me about it said that she was actually writing about um, intimacy with a, an underage person. I don't know if that, in fact, is true or not. It was just something that I heard in conversation. So that, again, is way different from, from um, you know, the consensual adults that, that are in my book. But who wants to take that chance? Right. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. But I guess the problem is, in this digital world, you know, it is easy to find people. I am also writing under a pen name, um, but, you know, sometimes even if you search under my real name, this thing's, this pops up as well. And it's so, it's you know, so it's, you know, the difficulty is that sometimes you are, are found, and I have some writer friends who write under pen names, but their, their students somehow were able to find their website and um, you know she doesn't write erotica, so she didn't have that concern. But still, it's it's like worlds colliding. So um, yes, well, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that that doesn't happen. I feel like that's a shame. Uh, that's a shame that I have to kind of hide who I, who I am. But I understand why as well. Yes, yes, I absolutely I understand as well. And then and I had to actually get permission from work to do this. Um, oh, do you? <laughs> so I had to like fill out all these forms to the compliance department. Um, and again, like everyone was really supportive. Like when I talked to this compliance guy, he's like, oh, that's so exciting. So I actually have gotten a lot of positive feedback. Um, in terms now of your promotion, um, I see that you, you said that you've gotten a lot of reviews for being Amber. What else are you doing in terms of promotion? Well, right now I've taken over the Lyrical Press uh, Facebook page today, so I'm going to do a lot of promotion and contests uh, as far as that's concerned. Um, as a matter of fact, I started this morning um, a name, name that hero. I'm looking for the name of the, the ultimate hero at the very end of the series of the New Atlantis series, the one who is finally going to vanquish the super evil bad guy. So I'm looking for a name, and I'm hoping to get some great ideas for names on the on the Lyrical Press uh, Facebook page today. Hopefully, I'll find a winner, and and in return, they'll get a you know they'll get a copy of the book and and bragging rights. So 
if anybody's out there listening, go on over to Lyrical Press uh, Facebook and put in your two cents. And uh, other than that, I, I have my usual website, and um, I'm very, very active on Goodreads. I'm in a lot oh, you of- are. Now, now, it's very interesting to hear you say that. Well, first of all, make sure that you put a link to this interview on the Facebook page so people okay. can hear your thoughts. Um, that's very important. And But it's interesting to hear you about Goodreads because people are either love Goodreads or hate Goodreads. And so I, you know, I've had very good experience with Goodreads. Um, but what has your experience been? Well, I think my experience is uh, maybe a little different because Goodreads for me is a promotional format, but um, not. I was involved with Goodreads before I started writing. Um, I am very active in several groups, not because I'm promoting, but because I've made friends. Um, I found a lot of beta readers among my friends on Goodreads that are very supportive and have, you know, really helped me out. So I I love it. And as a promotional tool, it works to an extent, but as as just something to do uh, to find like-minded people and to talk about other books and recommendations and stuff like that, I just love being there. I'm on the um, uh, Erotic Enchants group and the Erotica group and and several other ones that are pretty popular there. Right. I agree with you. I think um, I probably use it more as a reader than as a promotional tool, although I have um, I've done a couple of Goodreads um, ad, ads. You know, you have those little thumbnail ads. And and how did they work it's, it's, for you? Not, you know, I've had people add my book, um, but I didn't really see a pop in sales. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I think you have to – it's like every kind of advertising. I, I tried Facebook ads as well. I think um, I think it's it helps getting your name out there. There are probably more effective ways to do it. But, you know, as a beginner writer, you try a little bit of everything, and that's what I've done. I did a print ad at one point through Lyrical, which was not – that was not, I don't think, successful at all, mm-hmm. and it was very expensive. So I, I would be very, very hesitant to do another print ad. But, um, you know. I don't know. People added it, added it. I mean, if you even get a few new readers, I think it's worth it in the sense, you know, you want people to be aware of you, and, and if they like one book, maybe they'll try one of the others. Right. But I agree with you. I think Goodreads, it's more of a community, and it's more like Facebook for other book nerds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, to. which is what I am for sure. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see now, now that it's being taken over by Amazon, Yes. If the site will change very much. and, and I, I'm hoping not, but I just have a bad feeling about it. I, I'm just hoping it doesn't get to be some kind of big conglomeration of, you know, uh, <laughs> rules and, and regulations and promotions and, and, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I don't know. I, I'm not feeling positive about the takeover, but who knows? Maybe it won't affect Goodreads at all. Yeah, I hope and and I hope they don't mess around too much with the reviews because I actually review on Goodreads. I don't review on Amazon because the Amazon's under my husband's name, mm-hmm. and it's just and it, it's always kind of hard. I've actually had people. I was like, oh, you know, did you do a review on on Amazon? They're like, oh, it's just too difficult. It's so much easier on Goodreads. Um, so I hope that they don't start, you know, limiting what authors do because yes, we're authors, but we're also readers. And mm-hmm. so we we shouldn't have our voice taken away from us just because we're also, you know, writers. But, right, but, you know, Bernadette, it seems like everything eventually all comes down to the dollar. If they could make money off the writers who are 
participating on Goodreads, I think they probably will take advantage of that at some point. It just seems inevitable. Right, it, right, mm-hmm. it does. But like you said, I, ho- I hope that it, it doesn't change too much. Well, Sylvia, thank you so much for joining us today. It sounds like um, you are, are are busy churning out some wonderful books, and it sounds like you know maybe because of your success, it'll be a little bit of a double-edged sword, right? Because you'll have to decide um, how you're going to fit more writing into your life. But that's that's a high-class problem to have, isn't it? So. <laughs> But I, and I also really do look forward to reading your book because it sounds sounds really fascinating. So I'm definitely putting it on my TBR list. So, All right, um, thank you very so much. Actually, before we um, sign off, do you want to maybe um, tell people where they can find you on the web, or your website page, and and if you're on Twitter, your Twitter handle? Okay, I'm not on Twitter. My website is uh, RyanBooks.net, and um, if you type in Sylvia Ryan on Goodreads. Uh, I'll come up and you'll see my uh, all of my books and what I'm doing and what I'm up to and links to where you can buy where you can buy them. Well, great, and and she's also going to be on the lyrical as you said before the lyrical Facebook um, page today. So check her out. So Sylvia, thanks again so much for joining Nice Girls Reading um, Naughty Books. Um, I'm really just so excited about the success that I've had with this radio show, and um, I've had some really wonderful guests. To date, I've had Renee Rocco, who is the owner of Lyrical Press and an acclaimed um, cover artist in her own right. And I've also interviewed Valerie Tibbs, who is an acclaimed cover artist. And both of those interviews really were, were so, so good. And I, uh, and I really um, recommend checking them out in their archives because they're really worthwhile. And they give a lot of um, insight into the publishing industry. Um, I've also had some other um, wonderful guests, um, a lot of different writers in the archives, so please check them out. Um, I have some wonderful guests uh, coming up. Um, one of them is Sarah Wendell, who is otherwise known as Smart Bitch Sarah from the fantastic romance uh, book review site Smart Bitches Trashy Novels, and she will be my guest on June 1st. I also am going to be interviewing um, P.M. Griffin, who is um, Pauline Griffin, and she has been writing science fiction and fantasy novels for decades. She has a very strong following, and she will be my guest later in May. Um, Next week, I will be interviewing Judy Bagshaw, and she is a um, romance novelist as well, so please check that one out. Um, In terms of my books, again, uh, The Devil's Daughter, the third book in my Devil and Legacy series, is out and available, and at $2.99, it is quite the bargain, so please check that out along with my other books in the Devil and Legacy series. Um, another title that I have with Lyrical that doesn't seems to get lost in the shuffle a little bit, but it is a really great book, is um, Gold Coast Wives. Um, so please check that one out if you're looking for a light, airy, fun romance. Um, and also my other book, um, The House on Prospect, is available. And as I've mentioned before in my shows, all the proceeds, um, the 2013 proceeds, for the House on Prospect will be donated to Project Nicaragua, which is a local charity here on Long Island. So so we have a lot going on in Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books, so please continue to check um, check out the show. And if you follow me on Blog Talk Radio, you'll get reminders about the show. Um, you can also um, check out um, my website, BernadetteWalsh.com, where I um, list some of the um, the shows that I've done to date. But it's the, the easiest place to find me is on Blog Talk Radio in terms of the Nice Girls Reading Naughty Book Show. Anyway, um, thanks everyone for joining us. And um, this is Bernadette Walsh from Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books, and I will see you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>